Well, they ran, they're running their baseball team like Hillary Clinton ran her campaign. Exactly. <laughs> they're trying to get by on, uh, on, on reputation alone. Did I miss something? Did, did the Yankees get hacked by the Russians too? <laughs> I must have missed some so. headlines here. This is All the right. kind of hard-hitting analysis you only get at Lines of Liberty. All right, next up, the New York Yankees. Naughty or nice? La, 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 la. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Ho, ho, roar, my Liberty Lions, and welcome back to our very special edition of the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is the 274th episode of this program, which means you can find the show notes featuring links to everything we discuss over at lionsofliberty.com slash 274. And I had a blast recording the special you're about to hear just before the holidays with my fellow Lions of Liberty. We had a great time looking back at the year in Liberty I now present to you, without further ado, Naughty or Nice 2016. Ho, 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 my Liberty Lions. Merry Christmas! Yeah, I still say that sometimes. I'm I'm a Jew and I still say it. Happy Hanukkah. Everything in between. We're so excited to bring you our annual Naughty or Nice special, where we hand out awards and decide just who has been naughty or nice when it comes to advancing the ideas of liberty, which, of course, is our mission here at Lions of Liberty. And this is even more exciting this year. Because for many of you, this may be your first time hearing this show. You know, our, our listenership has really picked up in the past year. We probably have three to four times more people listening to this episode than were just one year ago. So things are really looking up for this program and for the Ideas of Liberty. But I cannot hand out Naughty or Nice awards alone. So without further ado, I will bring in my fellow Liberty Lions, beginning with the man who is currently just a couple miles down the street here in West L.A., the former host of Mr. Johnson's Neighborhood and the future host of a brand new show debuting on this very podcast in 2017, Mr. Brian McWilliams. Oh, 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 good to be here. Actually, you know what? Santa Claus, what's a Liberty Santa say? Le, le, liberty. My belly shakes. And by the way, speaking of Liberty, it's Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. What did I say? Neighborhood. Oh, whatever. It's all fine. It's not Liberty Hood anymore. Now it's just a regular neighborhood. It's been downgraded. Yeah, we're upgraded depending on your point of view. Property values skyrocket once Gary Johnson moves out of your neighborhood. Yeah, and the bong as the bong hits uh, dissipates, the bong smoke dissipates from the neighborhood. You think that would increase the pe- the property value of Gary Johnson? I would in? say so. I'd like to think so. Uh, so what, what you drinking over there on this on this fine Christmas uh, day after Christmas? I guess it is. For, well, for the listeners out there, I am drinking more. Uh, I'm I'm only drinking a tiny bit. So I'm just drinking symbolically. I am fighting a uh, fighting off a cold successfully. I think right until I just drink this alcohol and set my body back. But I'm drinking a Stranahan's Colorado whiskey. It's pretty good. Hmm. All right, little star anisey. Little little too much anise in there, but still, it's tasty. I may as well mention it since uh, I haven't yet. I'm actually drinking a nice big old jug of ed- eggnog. Just straight, no alcohol. <laughs> no, I've got alcohol in it. I've got some brandy in here too. So things, excellent. Things are looking good for me. Moving along, I've got my uh, my good old host of Felony Friday, co-founder of Lions of Liberty, along with Brian McWilliams. Here, he is residing in Pittsburgh, PA. He is the one and the only John Odermatt. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry, 
Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> are, you, are you doing bomb hits uh, over there? What's going on? Uh, I don't know. You've been it's hanging been, out with It's been a long week, a long day, a long year, a long life. I don't know. Agreed. <laughs> we're also recovering from the last, uh, that epic draft show. And so we're all recovering. Oh, yeah. It's going to take a while to recover from that one, I think. What you chugging on over there? So I got a little, uh, I rarely ever drink this. I have some Bacardi, and I didn't have any Coca-Cola to mix it with, so I got a little root beer, a little dad's root beer, and it's it's pretty, pretty, pretty. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. You know what it reminds me of? You ever have a Jim Morrison shot in college from a Penn State? No. Is that a uh, is that a shot of Jaeger followed by like a day old warm American? <laughs> no, <laughs> close. No, it's root beer schnapps and Jaeger. Ooh, interesting. I don't know why they call it a Jim Morrison because I don't think Jaegermeister was around or root beer schnapps when Jim Morrison was. I, I doubt it. Yeah, and I think all he drank was whiskey. That's about it. Whiskey and heroin. Yep. Put some heroin in whiskey and chug it down. All right, we've also got with us here today uh, our official legal counsel, the man who resides in good old Cleveland, Ohio, the man with one name and one name only, Rico. What's up? I'd like to wish Odie a Merry Christmas, a season's greetings to our atheist friend, McWilliams, and a a happy Hanukkah to the resident Jew who runs the Libertarian Zoo, Mark Claire. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that is a new nickname that I'm going to run with, um, especially now that uh, a guy who might get a mention later on has passed along. But, uh, wow, that is, uh, that's a good one. I like that. The Jew who yeah. runs the zoo. I like it. That's, that's what one. Rico is doing. Instead of researching any of the topics we're going to talk about, he was writing down different slogans to, uh, to bring Mark on. The Jew who runs I the think, Liberty bro, Zoo. I think it's a better use of his time, personally. <laughs> I and, agree. Um, when you're not busy making up cool new nicknames for me, what are you what are you drinking on over there? I am drinking a Portside 216 Pale Ale right out of Cleveland, Ohio. It is terrible. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like since when do you like pale ale? <laughs> I don't at all, and this, I'm about to throw this one against the wall. But oh boy, <laughs> Rico always starts the show on a down note every single time. There's always something bad going on. Well, it's just accumulation of my day. He's either tired or he's <laughs> drinking a bad beer. Or he's got a flight in four hours. Just can't win with this guy. Yeah, never. Born loser. That's what they tell me. All right. We got the gang all here. And as I mentioned at the top, this is our annual Naughty or Nice Awards. We've uh, put together a list of names within the Liberty Movement, out of the Liberty Movement, people just in the realm of politics, people that have been in the news, and we're going to award them either a Naughty or a Nice based on how we feel they have acted towards the ideals of liberty. Have they helped advance the ideals of liberty? Have they hurt the ideals of liberty? What's the deal? That's what we're going to sort out here today. And uh, we're going to start with uh, a guy who's been on every edition of this so far, and there's a good reason. It's because he's the president of the United States. And um, I think that he always gets some mixed reviews because, you know, well, well, we'll talk about it. But there's there's always silver linings. And I think Barack Obama's one of those guys that probably does a lot of things libertarians hate, but occasionally sneaks in some stuff that we kind of like. So what do you guys think of uh, Barack Obama? Why don't we start with Brian? Keep a little semblance of order here. All right. Well, I'm going to give him a grade of naughty. Naughty, huh? Naughty. Now, that might that might change if he legalizes weed before he leaves office, but... I think he's still done more bad than good. I don't even know if that would weigh it. I mean, I like the fact that he stopped cracking down on, you know, from a federal level, he kind of told people to lay off. Uh, so that is good. But 
I mean, look at the rest of the stuff. It's cracking down on whistleblowers. Snowden still can't come home. He's made the country even more divisive. He's continued the wars, arguably created ISIS. <laughs> and Obamacare this year, especially, is jamming a thumb right up my ass. So, naughty. All right. Odie, what do you, what do you think about Obama? I know he's done a lot of stuff in the area that you have a lot of interest in, the criminal justice system. He's... You know, been out there giving some pardons, you know, granting clemency to a lot of people who have been in for drugs for many decades. Uh, he's been visiting prisons, something that past presidents shockingly have, have never done. So yeah. how, how do you view Mr. Obama here? Yeah, I think he was the uh, the first sitting president to visit a penitentiary, federal federal penitentiary, which is pretty amazing. Almost did. <laughs> yeah, true. So true. close. <laughs> but uh, it's I, I don't know. It's It's a. It's not really a mixed bag with Obama. It's mostly just bad stuff. Like you said, he has done the recent good stuff with the commutations and, you know, letting these uh, nonviolent offenders out of prison a little bit early or letting them out at all if they had life sentences. But you look at the whole the whole package and like Brian said, it's it's a naughty. I mean, really, when you look back at his president, his presidency, what did he really do that is like a lasting good thing for liberty? other than these handful of uh, commutations and kind of easing up on marijuana, at least not sicking the federal you know, dogs on these states that have legalized. He hasn't really done much. And, and to just put salt in the wound of uh, those that want to end the drug war, he said that he'll, he'll fight to legalize marijuana once he gets out of office from the private sector or something to that effect. So it's, he's naughty. He's I'm happy to see him go. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, if you really if you really believe in it, why don't you fight for it while you're in that actual position of power and you can actually do something about it instead of waiting till you don't have that power anymore? Exactly. All right, so that's two naughties. Rico, how are you grading the prez? I'm going with the flow here. I'm I was a little surprised when you described it as kind of a mixed bag how we've described them before cuz I don't really remember that. Um, I think it has been an easy call every year we've done this. I didn't I say it was a 50, 50 mix. I just said, that, <laughs> you know, there's a couple, you know, every, every bag of crappy chair trail mix, you sneak a couple of M&Ms in there. All righty. Well, uh, I was just looking back on this year, some of the things he's done that I probably forgot. Um, back in January, he issued a couple of executive orders, uh, further restricting or in furtherance of more gun control. Um, I think back in April, he increased the military presence in Syria. Later this year, he um, kind of stepped up and, and was urging NATO to um, build up in the in the Eastern Bloc again to fight against Russian aggression. You already mentioned the too little, too late on the marijuana legislation and the commutations. Uh, why did it take seven point eight years to to get into this? The more uh, libertarian, I guess, uh, aspects of, of some of his policies. So definitely naughty for me. By the way, Rico, you mentioned, you know, building up troops in the Eastern Bloc. I, I read something today, and unfortunately, I didn't have time to really investigate to see if it was quote unquote fake news or not. But I read something that said that 40,000 troops are going to get deployed in Poland to stem Russian aggression, 40,000 U.S. troops. Has anybody heard anything about that? Well, we'll see which way the wind blows, if public opinion is for it or against it, and that will determine whether or not it's fake news. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, the press, no. the press is getting hammered pretty hard here. And uh, just to point out 
what I'm talking about about the mixed bags. I th- this wasn't this year, but they you know he did open up relations with Cuba a little bit. I think we praised him a little for the Iran deal, which you know our Scott Horton, the uh, member of Team Make Liberty Great Again from the the draft, uh, he also thought the Iran deal was a pretty good thing just because it prevented further war with with that country and all all out war. Um, so and, and will eventually ease the sanctions, which of course hurt the people of Iran more than they really do the government. So well, that's. But that's that is about it, <laughs> and the drug stuff that we talked about, and the federal stuff, and and, and while it's good, I like, I want to give him credit and praise him, but yeah, I mean, why weren't you doing this in two thousand eight? You know, why if you, if you really have these beliefs, you know, is it really or is it really just because he wants to look good on his way out and wants to be able to point to these things? I'm glad he's doing it. I'm, get, I'm glad some people are getting out of jail. Um, but it really is a very you know, it's it's a good step, but it's not. It doesn't make up for the fact that in the beginning of his presidency, he strongly enforced the war on drugs. You know, he he, he sent a. You know, he had SWAT teams coming to California and busting up, up busting up dispensaries that were legal in the state. Maybe he wasn't physically sitting there ordering them, but his DAA EA was doing it, and he's in charge of it. So. You now, while he has done a few good things, and I think he's a very skilled politician, he's uh, much like Donald Trump, only in a totally different way. They're, I both think they're very skilled at politics. Uh, none of that's enough to get him a nice. So I'm going to go naughty once again, agreeing with someone. I'm surprised nobody looked at it in the reverse way and gave him a nice just because he's kind of destroyed the Democrat Party. If you really look at it, I don't think he has the, the so local much the, to the federal level. I, I was waiting for Hillary Clinton. Credit, yeah, I think. That, I would, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to give Clinton the credit for that. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, well, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's the perfect setup because we're now moving on to uh, this fine young lady, this fine little lass, that good kid that Bill Weld would call her, Miss Hillary Clinton. And I, I, some of these guys, for those that are just tuning in, some of these are going to be a little more obvious than others. So I, I don't think we're going to have any any major shocks here with with the grade, but we'll go through the motions anyway. Uh, Brian, how are you feeling about uh, Hill Dog? Well, Rico brings up a point that I also debated, and that is whether or not she is she destroying liberal dreams and all these progressive dreams and the DNC basically imploding on itself is enough to to warrant her a nice. But I couldn't get over it. I had to give her a naughty just because she's just such a piece of shit. I mean, she got what she deserved. She branded half of America as deplorable racists and morons. She helped create the climate we're in right now where where Americans are turning on each other because of this kind of language. Be like, oh, if they voted against me, they're racist, they're sexist, they're evil. And it's like, that's inexcusable. And she was too much of a coward after she lost on election night to go out on a stage in front of thousands of people that were waiting for her and actually faced them. Awful. All right. Because she was ripped. She was drunk out of her mind, throwing stuff at people. <laughs> I hope. I wish there was bound I could respect we could look that. At. <laughs> <laughs> a nice for being drunk and insane. Just kidding. I'm giving her a naughty too, um, for all the reasons mentioned by Brian there. Uh, she's awful. She's one of the worst candidates of all time. She's one of the worst presidential candidates of all time. She just happened to be a woman, so some percentage of women wanted her to be president for that reason. And also there was the whole, you know, like you said, she was using similar manipulative tactics as Donald Trump actually in creating an illusion about her opponent. And in the case, the illusion was that Donald Trump is this racist white nationalist bigot who's basically Hitler. And um, I think, like you said, part of that is is part of what's dividing the country. Not as much Trump, but more the people that are painting Trump as something he's clearly really not if you actually try to look at it in, in any objective way. Uh, so, um, yeah, and I'm just ran one of the worst, most entitled, most just awful presidents. I mean, just from a strategy perspective, just pathetic, <laughs> um, 
presidential campaigns of all time. So what a naughty lady. You're so naughty, Hillary. And those and those Kim Jong eel outfits, what the hell was that about? So no. I, I still don't understand those. Uh, I've been asking all the liberals I know if they can explain to me why she wore those, and nobody can give me a good answer. Brutal. Just brutal. Rico, what are you thinking? Um yeah, well, obviously naughty. I, I mean, I think anyone would be hard pressed to find anything good in any Jaws of her policies. But, um, but, you know, one of the other things I wonder if she should be given credit for is this whole narrative that Russia basically determined the winner of our election because she was harping on that a lot towards the end of the campaign. You know, Trump, Putin, back and forth. We have to check out what kind of influence they have on the election. And and this nonsense is still continuing more than a month later. And as, as best I know, you know, worst case scenario, um, as far as their influence is they hacked her emails and exposed what they actually said. I, I mean, this is a whole other kind of tangent that we could spend hours on. But this whole narrative where, you know, people are, are refusing to accept the elections now because Russia determined the winner. It, I, that all stems back to her. So right. naughty, no naughty, free. naughty. <laughs> naughty, 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 Odie. I, I have a feeling you might be thinking along the similar lines. I, I yeah, obviously I have to give her a naughty, but I will say this kind of a, along the same lines as Rico is. She was so bad and so awful and so transparently corrupt that she exposed the system for how corrupt it is with some help from allegedly some Russian hackers. But her and John Podesta. And the rigging of the election and stealing the election from Bernie Sanders, the uh, the primary from Bernie Sanders, stealing the nomination. It just showed how broken the Democrat Party is, how corrupt it is, how tied in, how linked in these key members in the mainstream media are with the, with the Democrat Party, with liberals. Uh, basically, you know, they're basically their puppets. Um, so th- that that's that's a good thing. That's exposed now. And uh, she basically ran her in- entire campaign on just liberal smugness, just being smug. Everyone else is racist. If you don't agree with me, you're a racist. And she deserves to. She deserves everything she got. I mean, sometimes, like to, you know, if, if your sports team beats another sports team, you're like the Steelers will beat the Browns from time to time. Like every, every single time they they play them, you know, sometimes they'll feel bad for the Browns a little bit. Like for Rico, think about Rico, you know, sitting there by himself, drinking a beer, crying after the Steelers beat up the Browns. But when Hillary gets smashed in, I don't care. I'm happy. You know, I I don't feel bad for her at all. It's like watching the Yankees lose. Like, exactly. like, I love watching Mark's exactly. Yankees lose. <laughs> because it just makes you sad and jealous? Is that why? No, it's watching the establishment crumble, man. The entitled, smug establishment crumble with all its millions of dollars. Yeah, those guys that haven't won since 2008. <laughs> well, they ran, they're ran. they running their baseball team like Hillary Clinton ran her campaign. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to get by on, uh, on, on reputation alone. Did I miss something? Did, did the Yankees get hacked by the Russians, too? <laughs> I must have missed some so. headlines here. This is the kind of hard-hitting analysis you only get at Lions of Liberty. (laughs) All right, next up, the New York Yankees. Naughty or nice? No. Uh, All right, moving along uh, on a related note, we're going to go to the flip side here and uh, stick with the other half of that whole left-right Democrat-Republican paradigm. The man who is the president-elect, and I must say, uh, one of the most entertaining president-elects of all time. Can he just be president-elect forever? That would be amazing. What do you guys think of the... Out of nowhere to many people, the unbelievable, the how could anyone possibly see this coming campaign of Donald Trump. Brian, you can start again, I guess. I guess we'll stick with this order. 
or not. All right. I'm going to, I'll keep my answers shorter because I feel like I'm, uh, I'm sucking all the good points out. Uh, I'm going to say, despite some of, despite I greatly disagreeing with, uh, with some of his more ridiculous rhetoric about, uh, Muslims and, and registration and all that stuff, which he's thoroughly backed off on all of this stuff predictably, but I'm going to give him a nice, primarily because I just loved watching all the liberals get their comeuppance. I enjoyed watching their smug faces turn to dust and watch them pulling their hair out. And it made me uh, just filled me with joy. And the other thing is that, you know, I think that he made a good point. Like his whole campaign made a good point about the state of American politics. It made us open our eyes to the media and many people's eyes to the media and the bias therein, and also brought attention to some of these, these places in the country where they are economically completely downtrodden. You know, they've been ignored. They've been, they've been kind of bowled over. And now I don't necessarily think Donald Trump's policies are going to help that, but I do like that. He's at least bringing people's attention to that fact. Granted, this is going to be, you know, I'll give him a nice, but who knows? You know, it's it's so early in, in anything, it's hard to, to really say. All right. Our very first nice goes to Donald Trump. Look at that. Look at that. Got a, a regular libertarian for Trump over here. Um, How dare you? <laughs> all right. I, I'll, I'll pass the peace pipe here. Odie, what do you think? It, this is a tough one. It is. Um, because, because you look at you look at the, the rhetoric, the things he said about building a wall, the things he said about – um, you know, not letting Muslims in, you know, mon- putting uh, surveillance on, on mosques and things like that during the campaign, um, trying to take away the rights of journalists, suing journalists, things like that. So some bad stuff. I mean, some some stuff that is pretty scary. But he's also had the, the anti-war stuff that he said, um, tax breaks, things like that. And it's it's hard because, as as you guys know, we've looked at this Trump campaign and we've kind of seen what he's been doing, how how he's really, really right now, he's sort of bringing the country together and acting in a way where, for example, we're, we're recording this on the uh, to go behind the curtain on the 14th. He just had his summit with all of the big uh, people from Silicon Valley. Um, you can't really look at this guy, Donald Trump, who's sitting around the table with some of the most powerful people in the United States, the most powerful CEOs, and think this guy is Hitler. You know, why would all of these people be meeting with him? But I'm not even sure where I'm going with this, but it's it's hard to even grade him right now because I know that he's just manipulating the shit out of everybody. And I'm not sure what his goal is, but I'm pretty sure his goal is going to be to keep things just remain popular and keep things sort of status quo. So it can't get that bad, I don't think. So I'm going to give him a nice. I'm going to give him a nice. A nice. All right. So Odie does not believe Donald Trump is Hitler. And that's an, that's enough for a nice. Rico, how are you feeling about <laughs> the Donald? What a bell curve Odie is grading on. <laughs> um, yeah, if we were going to grade Donald Trump on does he make me laugh during his speeches? Well, <laughs> he's got that down because he's quite often hilarious um, when he's not, you know, slandering every minority um, out there. Um, but that aside, you're, I, I don't see much. You're buying the narrative too. You're buying the mainstream narrative. Just like just, you're just repeating things. Well, I, uh, I've not heard, to get to a whole I, debate about it, but it's it's like there's literally no basis for this. Oh, <laughs> there's really? Yeah, really. Okay. Yeah, well, yes, there, there's I, I brought a this up on many base. shows, and every time ask somebody to tell me if I'm wrong. So you're the first. This is the first time someone's doing it. So what race has he disparaged? He hasn't disparaged our an entire race, but he's definitely offended. I think justifiably large segments of certain races, you know, the the thing that I've heard cited repeatedly with talking with liberals on the Facebook is the thing that that they go to is him being sued for discrimination. 
um, in his apartment buildings. I never hear that brought up. Um, I only heard about this you know on, on this program by from JB. Really? Yeah, from okay. JB. And JB made a very good point about that is that, you know, back, probably he's a guy that's been around forever. And you know what? I'm sure that goes on all the time. And, you know, it's not necessarily against mine, or I would say it's probably not against minorities, but it's before, well, against people that are it having was a also certain an investigation, not a conviction. So, I mean, it's right. Not- well, I think he settled with them, but. You know, yeah, that's one thing. And then also the, the statement about Mexican yeah. rapists. But he well, was saying criminals no, are coming no, in that are rapists. Not no, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me speak on this point. OK, what he said is Mexican Mexico is not sending their best and brightest. They're sending rapists. They're sending murders. Sure, there might be a small number of immigrants, illegal or otherwise, that would fall into that, you know, characterization, a very, very small number. But that is very, I would think, insulting to the vast majority of immigrants who are, are not criminals well, that, at all. That's not even giving the full scope of the statement, though, because that was the rest of his statement. That, but, but most of them come here legally, and and they're fine. But it's these criminals that we have to focus on. That's that's literally the whole statement. The, the, but of course, the snippet is just you know rapists or whatever. I, I don't agree with the statement uh, either. I'm just saying, and I hate that I have to come across defending Donald Trump, but I'm just sick of like. C- People being criticized for the wrong things, for literally made up bullshit. And, and well, Mexicans, not a race. It's not a race. It's a country. There's no race of Mexican. There's white people that are live in Mexico that are Mexican. There's Hispanic people that are Mexican. People you interchange these words, and it drives me effing crazy all the time. At, at what point does it become a race, though? I mean, Mexican would become a race. American would become a race, right? No? Well, none of them are well, races. Well, they call Jewish countries. people a race. That's also not and a race. And there's no country called Jew. <laughs> there yes. would be if Donald Trump had his way. <laughs> and over there, that's where the Jews are. That's Jew land. Over here, some, okay, some huge countries. Uh, over there, over there's Hebrew and uh, Costa Rica. This will be Muslim land. All right, but we we agree. Donald Trump doesn't say things in the smoothest ways, and is not PC in any way, and doesn't really care if he says something that does turn out to offend a lot of people. So I will okay. concede you on that point. So All right. what's what's the well, finality of the Moving away from that point, I just don't see a whole lot of libertarian values he's bringing to the table. I see crony capital deals coming. Um, I see a a more militant police state, more strict criminal um, sentencing. Those are just some of the things that I'm anticipating. And I haven't seen much prior to this to think otherwise. So you know, based upon what he said in those areas, I'm going to give him a naughty. All right. That's a naughty. It's a, it's a s- split right now. Two to one. But let me ask a, a quick follow-up yeah. question since we just talked about Obama. So, Rico, in your opinion, do you feel that Donald Trump is more or less libertarian? Do you think his presidency will be more or less libertarian than Barack Obama? Ooh. Well, way to put me on the spot. <laughs> I, uh... That's a good question to keep an eye on in the next whatever years. Well, we know healthcare is going to be more libertarian. Yeah, I, I uh, guess we I don't would, know it. I'm well, going We don't know anything yeah, right now. I guess I would say more libertarian in a sense, but um, I, I think there's going to be more freedom in, in the business sense. I guess. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I really well, I don't know. To say how much of an impact on your personal freedom does being involved in so many wars have, and that that has a lot of repercussions. And then, of course, to see what happens with the drug war also has a lot of repercussions. True, so, true. as I said, it's really hard to say at this point, looking forward, because it's, he's such a he's a wild card. Well, that's why I so, really differentiate. Like, I could see a year from now really hammering President Trump, but yeah. so far I've only seen candidate Trump and President Elect Trump, and uh, th- that those versions of Donald Trump 
have said some things that worried me, particularly his comments uh, regarding torture. And uh, luckily, he's already totally gone back on that. And, you know, I guess this Mad Dog Mattis guy talked him off off the torture thing. Or maybe that was never something he really believed anyway, which I actually believe is more likely. It's just another thing he does to prove to his base that he's extremely concerned about the problem. How could you not be concerned the problem about terrorism if you're so concerned that you're willing to go to these great lengths and suggest these terrible things? I think that's that's his, you know, master manipulator strategy behind that. But regardless, he's definitely said some things that if he tries to implement, worry the hell out of me. Uh, a lot of things that he are likely to do is kind of business as usual stuff. Um, I think there might be a positive in, in the fact that people are focusing on him so much now, so maybe crony capitalist deals will actually be something people are worried about now, as opposed to Obama, who got a free pass doing all sorts of crony capitalist stuff for the last eight years. Uh, so I think there's a lot of potential for people to be focusing more on the presidency and the possible abuses of the presidency. So I think that's a good thing. Um, but while I do share like, Rico's like executive actions, people are all up in arms about executive yeah. orders and executive actions. Now, those should reduce under Trump with the Congress actually paying attention. Well, hopefully we'll see. But uh, at the end of the day, anybody that, you know, two years ago, we were all told this was Hillary against Jeb Bush. And Donald Trump went in there with a verbal machete and destroyed the Bush clan and destroyed the Clintons in one fell swoop. And I got to give candidate and president-elect Trump a nice. And he got, he met with Kanye West. I mean, this is hilarious. Come on, you get a nice, but I'm very ready to start giving him naughties, you know, all year long once he starts doing stuff. How how long do you think it took Trump to realize that Kanye wasn't Ben Carson? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> He's like, he still doesn't realize. <laughs> you. Kanye's like, yo, I'm, uh, I'm not Ben Carson. Bro. <laughs> Kanye was just appointed secretary of uh, housing and urban development. Oh, God. <laughs> And Ben Carson is performing at the inauguration, <laughs> playing, playing the saxophone. Uh, he'd be so good. All right, so what are we? We're through Wasn't three, that, uh, what, 47 minutes of the show? Yes, all right. So we had one dissenting voice there with Donald Trump. Rico gave him a naughty, naughty, but the rest of us gave him a nice for various reasons. But we shall see how the presidency goes. Speaking of this, this is another guy. Actually, two guys, but we're going to call them one because they insisted on it. Who we've covered at length, ad nauseum, all year long, but they obviously cannot go unmentioned. And that is, of course, the campaign, the co-running mates, Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. Now, we've criticized them all year long. We've praised them here and there, mostly criticized them. Uh, but at the end of the day, which a lot of people are going to say... Look how look at the numbers. They got the the most vote, votes of any libertarian ticket. Uh, they br- raised way more money than any other any other libertarian ticket, and did not get into the debates. Did not did fall short um, in some areas, but they did actually hit hit the mark in certain states to get the Libertarian Party major ballot sta- major ballot status, and I believe or major party status, and I believe six more states than they previously had. So there are some amount of successes you can point to. At the end of the day, though, I think the consensus is that most libertarians are disappointed. So. How are you guys viewing this thing? Johnson Weld, I'll reverse this up. Rico, I'll let you start. Oh, this is another easy one. What did they – well, once – if you have Weld on the ticket, there's no grade but naughty. The guy was a shill for Hillary Clinton. He was in no way, shape, or form a libertarian other than his claim to have written a uh, paper on Murray Rothbard like 40 years ago. I think that was <laughs> the only thing he could have plausibly cited. I think it was Hayek, being, but point remains. Um, <laughs> so um, I was – I think like many disgusted by his actions throughout the campaign. And then you go to Gary Johnson, like we've said many times, this wasn't his first rodeo running for president, but it sure as hell looked like he just kind of stumbled out of a, uh, 
a bar and went on stage and started talking and, and didn't know what he was talking about. He was a terrible messenger for Liberty. I mean, might have been a nice enough guy, but he should not have been our nominee. Um, naughty. Easy call. All right, Naughty. Uh, all right, Naughty. All right, Rico. <laughs> Calling you Naughty now. Just gave Rico a Naughty. Uh, uh, Odie, what do you think about this? Y'all suck. The, uh. the Johnson Weld co-ticket. I'll be brief, but Gary Johnson, Bill Weld, especially Gary Johnson, he's the only presidential candidate I've ever seen that has gotten progressively worse from the beginning of the campaign to the end. By the end of it, it's like he could barely even function and form coherent thoughts. Um, this really, you know, of course, there were you know the votes, the raising money. That's that's all great stuff. Getting the major party status, that's good stuff. But neglecting to mention, this was the largest opportunity for a third party, for a libertarian party to blow that out of the water and, and really make an impact. And they, they both swung and missed big time. So big time naughty. All right. Another yep. naughty. Brian. I agree. Have you been listening to Mr. Johnson's Liberty hood? He vastly had more uh, Johns offs at our very sophisticated system rather than Johns ons. It was like five to one. I mean, it was just a blowout and him being a, a complete turd. I mean, basically, he like Odie said, we had the opportunity here to really make a mark. And you could have thrown out anybody and they probably could have gotten the same amount of numbers this year. You could have thrown out a hobo, like a, a piss covered hobo. And he would have performed better, at least, because he probably would have known something about the news because he sleeps on newspapers. <laughs> Gary Johnson couldn't even do that. So clearly naughty. And, it, you know, all these people are saying that, you know, we got the numbers. We could have gotten much higher numbers if we had a real candidate that knew what the hell he was doing. Another naughty, and uh, I'm not going to dissent from you guys on this one at all. Uh, I do see the positives, but I think that the positives are more um, them being beneficiaries of the political climate and as opposed to taking advantage of the political climate and really capitalizing it with some kind of fiery candidate or someone that could actually speak on the ideas of liberty. And there may be benefits to the party from the attention that they got. I mean, we know people in the Lions Liberty Forum that just first heard about libertarianism because they heard about Gary Johnson. So I can't deny there might be good about it and a good about him but if we're judging it on you know so that's that's judging it on how you help the libertarian party but that's not how we're judging this we're judging this on how you helped advance the ideas of liberty and if it was just gary johnson kind of occasionally talking about free markets and talking about less foreign intervention maybe i'd give him a naughty but it ain't just gary johnson he begged for bill weld i'll never forget it i'll never forget that moment watching the debate or watching uh, the, the libertarian convention when he just begged and pleaded for bill weld so you gotta own it gary you get a naughty along with your buddy bill how high would the numbers have been uh for the polls if bill Weld hadn't consistently gone out of his way to tell people to vote for hillary the last three months of the campaign who knows we'll never know he couldn't even say that he thought Kerry would be like a good president. He like he's like, yeah, I think Hillary would be the best. Gary, he'd probably do. It. He'd, he'd probably do all right. I don't know. I, I think honestly, with, with that, I think Bill Well drove up Trump's numbers. I think it just drove more libertarians oh, yeah. away for Trump. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. All right, moving along to some other guys who are involved in the Libertarian Party this year. Why don't we start with the? Uh, well, the, these guys are all controversial, but um, in different ways. So why don't we start with one guy who's controversial for um. Maybe having murdered somebody, <laughs> we don't know, but um, hopefully that, hopefully not. But he did get involved politically for the first time in the last year. He was on this program a couple times. Um, I liked a lot of what he had to say, and I know a lot of other libertarians did as well. Uh, it is, of course, I'm referring to Mr. John McAfee. What are your thoughts on McAfee, Odie? Why don't we start with you this time? Uh, John McAfee, uh, what a breath of fresh air 
in the libertarian movement to uh you know not a not a lifelong libertarian someone who came across really in your inter- in your two interviews with him and also on the campaign trail as just a guy who was just speaking from the heart the stuff seemed to come to him naturally sure there's the messy stuff in his background and believes he may have killed someone blah 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 <laughs> But I, I really don't think he did. I mean, I, I don't think he did. I think uh, his story made sense, seemed plausible. It's, it seemed to make more sense than the uh, Belize authorities, what, what they concocted up. I don't believe well, it either. If he lived but in the Philippines, he'd be dead by now. I don't believe True. it either, but there's always like 1% of me that's like, ah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, you never <laughs> you know. know you, never you just know. never know. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, is, he is the CEO of a, a company that I think maybe all of us own stock in, MGT. I still have mine. I got out. It's, it's dropped quite a bit. He better get shit together there. I mean, it's oh, a, I profit took to it. and I got out of there. Yeah. Oh, well. Good for you. Good for you. I'm giving him a nice. I'm giving John McAfee a nice. I uh, hope he sticks around the Liberty Movement. I hope he uh, continues uh, innovating, continues, um, continues with MGT, hopefully turning that company around. So, um, yeah, definitely a nice. All right, Rico, what are your thoughts on McAfee? Uh, nice. I'm going to break the trend here. This is also easy. Um, making it even easier is any allegations of murder happened prior to the year 2016. We're only looking at the last year. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so that's, let's, that's, that's a lawyer for you. But <laughs> So let's set any possible improprieties and murders to yeah, decide the for statute a of limitations is just this past year that's it yeah so. exactly um some of his positions or well, he advocated the decriminalization of marijuana he wanted to end the war on drugs he was in favor of free markets religious liberty increased cyber awareness all good things john mcafee i like you buddy come back to us in the liberty community all right that's another nice for mcafee brian I will keep it going with uh, sugar and spice and everything nice for Johnny Boy. I will not go long on it. Yep, you guys pretty much nailed all the talking points there. He was fantastic. I really enjoyed listening to him speak. And also, another thing that we need to herald about McAfee is that he is a known name in that he also brought more attention to the Libertarian Party. But unlike Gary Johnson, he could actually talk about liberty and libertarian values naturally. So, yeah, I love John McAfee. Nice. And uh, I will echo, please... Please come home for Christmas. <laughs> All right. Yeah, John McAfee. I mean, I think Odie really said it best that he was he was really a breath of fresh air. Um, just someone who talked differently than other politicians. He talked about libertarianism much differently than other libertarians and other libertarians candidates. I know he really had a, a he really spoke of it um just kind of naturally, like not not citing Murray Rothbard and obscure, you know, libertarian writers or anything like that, but just speaking from the heart that he felt that he was a free man and should be able to do what he wants with his body because of that. And I, I really liked his approach to things. He was very philosophical about it and I just appreciate the way he approaches things and you know like Rico said, we're only looking at 2016, so who knows what happened before that. But as far as that goes, he brought attention to the party. His campaigns with Judd Weiss, I think, brought you know liberty to people in, in a different way and hopefully turned some people on to uh, libertarian ideas that might not have really done so otherwise. So I got to sum this thing up and uh, wrap a nice bow around this this nice for Mr. McAfee. All right, and moving on to uh, one of his competitors, actually, for the libertarian nomination. Another guy who's very controversial, many 
people have called him a troll um, and that sort of thing. And uh, that's kind of largely largely what he was known for before this year when he launched what many considered to be a complete joke of a presidential campaign. At the end of the day, he got more votes than the, than the guy we just talked about, more more votes at the convention than John McAfee. I'm, of course, referring to AP, Mr. Austin Peterson. So, uh, Brian, we'll go back to you. What do you think of AP? Well, I'm going to give him a nice, uh, I think he ran a pretty good campaign. I give him credit. Like you said, he started off as kind of an afterthought and really sprang to prominence. He had a lot of people behind him, including some of uh, some very vocal forum members. And, you know, he speaks pretty well on the topics of liberty. He definitely knows in and out his libertarianism. He And unlike McAfee, overly quotes libertarian scholars, in my opinion, sounds a little bit canned. And you know what? He lost with grace to Gary Johnson. He gave him a pistol, which Gary Johnson <laughs> threw away because he's a dickhead. And uh, so I don't know. I give yeah, I give Austin a nice. And uh, even though he can be a little come across as a little condescending at times, I think. All right. Odie, what do you think? Well, you might be surprised because I think during our draft show, I might have called Austin an asshole. But uh, no, I think yeah. you're just quoting Gary Johnson. Calling him an asshole. <laughs> right. That's possible. That's possible. You can hear but that I- story on our Thanksgiving special. So go back and check that out. You can, of course, find the whole archive of podcasts at lionsofliberty.com slash podcast. Cheap plug. Moving along. Check them out. Check them all out. Um, I think I think he Austin Peterson has been good for liberty. Of course, he was. I think he was actually good for Gary Johnson this year, actually challenging him and uh, making him act to campaign a little bit and go around to the different convention, libertarian uh, state conventions and actually run a real campaign, which I don't think Gary Johnson wanted to run at all this year. So kudos to Austin Peterson for the very least making him do that. But along the way, he also, I think, did a very effective job, as Brian was saying, spreading the message of liberty. And uh, uh, he showed it during that first debate with John Stossel. I thought he was, you know, he did, he was a little bit, I don't know, came across a little boorish on stage, but he had the principles down more so than any of the other candidates. So kudos to Austin Peterson. I would say I wish you the best going forward, but you are on Mark Clare's uh, fantasy Liberty team. So um, I hope you just continue the status quo where you are and don't get any better. All right, Rico, <laughs> what's your thoughts on good old AP? Uh, I do hope he gets better because uh, I'm not too worried about winning the fantasy draft. I think I already have that locked up. Um, <laughs> but I do hope AP gets a little better. I, I liked him this this go around. I think he did need to work on a little polish. Uh, like Odie said, he was too canned. But I think he has a pretty good understanding of the libertarian principles, even though he controversially is against the non-aggression principles somehow. But that's a whole other topic. Um, just for his campaign, I will give him a nice. A nice. And yeah, I mean, I have disagreed with Austin Peterson on many things, although not to get too deep into it. But I think when you actually break down what he means when he says he's against it, you, you come to find there is some nuance there. And I kind of get where he's coming from on it, even though I might not fully agree with him. But I think it's more of a nuance issue than actually, you know, thinking it's OK to go punch him in the, in the, someone in the face kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't agree with Austin on everything. I don't agree with all his approach in the past. But again, just like with McAfee, we're looking at 2016. I think 2016, Austin Peterson showed uh, often showed a new level of maturity from what we've seen from him in the past. He did run a very 
good campaign. I mean, he got a lot of people excited about liberty and excited about the ideas. We know that. We've seen that for a lot of people in our Lions of Liberty forum, people that were exclusively brought in by Austin Peterson. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of people out there hoping he runs again in 2020. Uh, and of course, he's on my team, Liberty as Pumpkins. How could I do anything but give Austin a nice? And like I said, uh, Brian said he, he did run a very classy um I guess it's, I don't know. You can debate whether his campaign was classy. I think he generally was, but he was hard hitting and he asked a lot of questions. He kept Gary Johnson on his toes and he was classy in the way he exited the campaign, even though uh, that whole gift was shit on by Mr. Johnson. And so, yeah, I, th- I think he did a good job. I really, I really have no major complaints about what I saw from Austin Peterson this year. So I think he's going to be an important voice going forward. Bingo. All right, and moving along, we're going to try to touch on a few topical uh, subjects, starting with um, a couple things that are related to the same issue, and that is, of course, this hacking of the DNC, which many people seem claim that has completely changed the election to the point they're asking electors to turn turn over the election because of it. Um, but uh, there's a couple figures associated with this, so we'll just start with what's not disputed right now. Uh, we know who released the hacked emails, and that was a guy by the name of Julian Assange. So I don't think this one's going to be terribly controversial, but there is some nuance, perhaps, in this area. It's been brought up by some people in our, in our forum. Uh, so what do you guys think of Julian Assange? We'll start with Odie. I think uh, Julian Assange, I think he's done a great public service, really exposing the DNC corruption, exposing Hillary Clinton's corruption. Like you said, it's, it is a nuanced issue because this is really stolen property that he is, that he was, uh, that he was posting. But when you look at it in the way that at least I would, um, that I would hope that most people look at it is he's exposing corruption. He's exposing, and some people said, well, he's, he's, he's taking emails that were given to him from a, a, pr- a person in the private sector server, John Podesta. Well, John Podesta, he's not really a private sector. He's working for the Hillary Clinton campaign. He's really, a, he's a, essentially a, a government contractor. He's, it's not the private, the, the private server. He was basically helping to, uh, run a, uh, I don't know, some sort of scheme to undermine the uh, democratic process, the the uh, Democratic Party nomination process. So I'm happy Julian Assange exposed that. I don't really, I really don't think there's much more to say about it other than that. And, you know, you can blame the Russians, you can blame whoever you want to, but I'm happy that Julian Assange posted the stuff for everyone to read. Nice. Yep, agreed there. I don't think you'll see too much resistance, so we'll try to run through this one pretty quick. But Rico, thoughts on Assange? Uh, again, nice. Um, Odie, I think, hit all the high points. All I can do is, uh, I believe Howie was speculating a few weeks ago that Julian Assange was actually dead. He was floating some conspiracy theories. So I hope those uh, conspiracies are wrong and he's still alive and kicking and releasing some damning info in the future. I believe the one conspiracy was that Pamela Anderson killed him with a vegan sandwich. <laughs> yes, that was the, that was my favorite of the theories. Unless he's really dead, which we we don't want. But yeah, um, that would terrible. Brian Assange, any resistance? Nah, same thing. You know, it's it, I believe it, I, I view it as kind of like a journalistic release of a, of emails. So I I say nice, nice, and uh, I'm also going to give him a nice. Of course, I don't think we need to go through this next one too much because it's basically going to be the same idea. I mean, it's and that's the DNC hackers, whoever they may be. As some people claim, it's Russia. Some people claim it's, uh, you know, I don't know what else people claim, but fat Donald, guy in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Don, uh, Chris Christie. 400 pound guy. <laughs> Don, yeah, Donald laptop. Trump claims it might be a 400 
pound hacker in his basement. Um, point being, whoever did this, now maybe they did technically, you know, it's, it's illegal to hack people's private emails. So we can say there's property rights violations. But I think when you look at the fact that, you know, WikiLeaks does, they don't just release anything and everything. They release things in an organized fashion based on actual damning, incriminating stuff that the public needs to know or should know. And uh, so I think whoever hacked this stuff and released it, they did everyone a favor. So I'm, I, th- I think we can probably all gr- just agree as a group just to clump them all together and say, Assange, whoever hacked the DNC, you're releasing information the public should know. And I, I can't do anything but, gi- but give everyone involved an ice. And, and, I dissent. All right. All right. I think I, I give Julian Assange a nice because I, I say, OK, Julian Assange has provided this information. So he's going to share it. He's not the one that actually committed the aggressive act. Like he said, property rights, invasion of privacy. I think the hackers get a naughty. Now, I love every damn email that they took, but empirically, that's naughty. That's an aggressive act that should not be condoned. So just to paint a hypothetical picture, Brian, let's say that you were attending a uh, Democratic debate and you saw Donna Brazil walking behind in a in a hallway with a, a member of the Hillary Clinton campaign. You're telling me you wouldn't peek your head back there and listen in to see what was being exchanged, seeing if she was like, giving some questions over? Well, that's very, very different situations, though. That's that's the ability to, to overhear without actually being invasive, hacking into somebody's private Passworded information, you know. It's but, all yeah, privacy, man. Apples, it's all, apples and oranges. Privacy what about, at some level. What about Edward Snowden? Didn't he kind of take information that wasn't his? Um, he did, but he's also along. exposing. He's exposing illegal acts from within the government as well. So I'm thinking right. this. The, yeah. the hackers, to me, like you're saying, it's illegal to rig elections, Brian. That's what this, these, these things <laughs> yes. expose. They're not going to prosecute yeah, him yeah, for yeah. it, but it, it's illegal. They're but you're hacking illegal to, they're hacking to you're seeing certain emails, but you know they're hacking into many other people's personal private emails that are not involved in any well, of these. The things. NSA is, I know that, but I don't know that these other hackers are just random. The NSA doing it doesn't make it right either. According to John McAfee, all of our emails are out there in the dark web anyway. So maybe just go out and grab them. Maybe John McAfee hacked the DNC. <laughs> it's possible. That would be fantastic if that's the case. I would give him even higher nice. Now, I mean, it is a good point, um, but I just take Odie's stance that I don't see John Podesta and the DNC. I see them as arms of the government. I see them as people who are known to be doing terrible things. And to me, it's okay to target those people in those positions. Are you like eating this. something? Are you yeah, eating right now, Mark? I actually had a big, <laughs> I actually had a big chunk of ice in my eggnog, and <laughs> yeah, it was bouncing around uh, my yeah. mouth for a second good, there. Good, good timing. <laughs> anyway, moving along, uh, or no, not moving along, because what what are Rico's thoughts on this whole si- this situation? You're you're the lawyer here. Um. Well, I mean, it's obviously illegal. <laughs> I mean, we know that. I mean, who, who are these DNC hackers? I would like to know more information before I make any kind of judgment call. But I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it was illegal. I don't particularly um, care that they did it illegal. I'm more interested in in learning about the, all these activities the Clinton Foundation and uh, Hillary, her campaign were up to. Maybe even Yeah, well, yeah, uh, the shenanigans that they were engaging in. So whoever directed them, I'm glad that they did a public service with Julian Assange and, and let us know just exactly how corrupt the DNC was. So, you know, nice. All right. So that's three nices and one descending naughty for the hackers themselves, whoever they may be. 
Uh, now moving along, this one, I don't know. I think if I feel like if Howie was on the show, he might he might give him a nice. I don't know what kind of response he's <laughs> going to get from this crew, but he did shake things up a little bit at least this year. He did surprise a lot of people. Came out of nowhere, had by all metrics what I think you'd have to call a a very successful campaign uh, in a certain sense, just by the numbers and the enthusiasm they generated. And I'm of course referring to Mr. Bernie Sanders. So Ryan, what are your thoughts on Bernie? I think Bernie Sanders is a rockin' piece of dump. So, I mean, <laughs> the guy, he comes out and he's got all these high-minded ideals and he gets people all fired up and half the stuff is liberty-oriented. That's nice. You know, obviously a little bit more focused on civil liberties and privacy concerns. But then he's talking full socialism. And then after all that crap, after getting all these these people fired up and behind him, all the college campuses chanting Bernie. Then he goes and endorses Hillary Clinton and disappears from the public eye. So, you know, that guy has got no for a guy that's supposed to be unassailably morally. seems like he was easily bought out and was more than happy to retreat back into his little socialist hole once uh, things had moved on. All right. Odie, that's one not, not one naughty. How are you feeling on Bernie? Uh, I don't know. This, this is a tough one, I guess. Most most of these are pretty straightforward, but this one I think is pretty nuanced. Uh, as we've talked about a lot in this show, Bernie is he's an anti-war guy, anti-establishment guy. Wanted to really tear down the uh, the establishment that Hillary Clinton has built up in the Democrat Party, or at least that was the rhetoric he was putting across, which which I liked. Uh, but of course, he's a crazy freaking socialist, and his economics are are just insane. So it's hard to really take him too seriously. Um, if he was president, I, I don't think that it would be good for the country in any way. You know, he wants to pretty much do away with all fossil fuels. So the more I talk about this, the more I'm thinking that, that Bernie Sanders is just a, he's just a naughty man. He's a naughty man. Naughty, naughty. All right, that's two naughty. Naughty man. <laughs> he's a naughty man. He's Bernie. Uh, what do you think? Is Bernie naughty to you, Rico? Do you want to call oh, him yeah. a naughty, naughty boy? <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> naughty. Um, especially you know, tracing back to kind of the theme of this show, we're looking how these people represented the ideas of liberty. Um, I didn't really see overwhelming libertarian ideals from Bernie Sanders. Sure, he was against the establishment in some ways, but then he quickly caved. Um, you know, he's definitely for confiscating most of our money and giving it away to God knows who people to go to college for 10 years and do whatever. Um, I wasn't a big fan of him during his campaign. I wasn't a big fan of him folding like a cheap shirt after he lost. Um, (laughs) How do you not have anything to say once the emails are exposed and you see your own party was working against you? And you still stand up there and support her. Yeah, have some backbone, Bernie. You're a big disappointment. And you're a naughty, naughty old man. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, part of me wants to give Bernie a nice, a small part of me, because I do like that he seemingly was going against the Democratic establishment, was giving Hillary a hard time, not letting her have this easy path to the nomination. Uh, But then you look at what he actually did. He ended up just endorsing her and folding, uh, which is I I, I know I called this on a show early in 2016. I I predicted this is what was going to happen. He was not going to be allowed to get the nomination. He was never going to get that far. And he was going to just try to rally the progressives and be used as the one to rally the progressives towards Hillary. And that's exactly what he was. It didn't work, though. It didn't work, though. That's the that's the wonderful part about that. Uh, it didn't really work or it didn't work enough to get her to be president anyway. Um, 
but yeah, the, the fact that, yeah, I mean, the, one good thing you might say about Bernie is he got people excited about politics, but he excited them into thinking socialism and massive government re- redistribution is a wonderful thing. So, and obviously, if we're judging on liberty, I can't give you anything, Bernie. Yeah, you got nothing for me here. So, naughty man, you're a naughty old yeah. man, Bernie. Yeah, if he, was, if he was any good at, at uh, sharing the ideas of liberty, you would have had some of those people that were for him. These these young progressives would have looked to the Libertarian Party at least. So, all right. Next up on the naughty or nice judgment list, we've got a guy we haven't really talked about too much, but uh, he's been in the news a lot, especially because the guy he's been supporting pretty much this whole time uh, just became the president elect. I am talking about the man who is. Uh, often associated with the alt right, but he's certainly not a a white nationalist. So I don't I don't know how he classifies himself and, and pertains to that. That's a whole other conversation. But I'm talking about Milo Yiannopoulos. The um, I think he calls himself the dangerous faggot. <laughs> Those are his that words, not mine, folks. So, uh, what do you guys think of Milo and his crusade against PC culture? Brian, I know you love this stuff. I do. I think Milo's fantastic. And now I don't want to say I agree with everything Milo says, but the concept of Milo gets nices from here to eternity. I love that he is anti-PC. I love that he goes on college campuses and speaks his mind. I love his I love the name of the store. Dangerous baggage or great hits you right in the face, says I don't give a shit. And I also love that the the uh, Huffington Post and all these other news outlets were crapping on Steve Bannon uh, from Breitbart because he used Milo's name of his tour in an article saying like that was hate speech. So yeah, Milo's fantastic. The more he gets protested on college campuses, the happier I get because it draws attention to it and makes it so obvious. These little buttercups need to be told and start living their lives like everybody else and stop being so offended by everything. So Milo nice. All right. Milo gets a nice Odie. What do you think about old Milo? Well, I got to agree with Brian here. You know, there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with Milo on. Um, He does. I don't agree with really his method of communicating. But I I will say that I do think the Libertarian Party needs to be more like him, needs to be more more bold. I think we do need, you know, some people going out there on college campuses and and speaking truth to power, as they say. Um, But I I, I, I don't know. I, I think he's I think he's doing. I don't know how I want to say this. I think God's I think, work. <laughs> I think what he's doing is is good and bad. It's, it's good because it's challenging this uh, insane, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? College campuses, the safe space culture. Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, all, safe space, the uh, microaggression, microaggression crap. That uh, yeah, that's all junk. It's all bullshit. I'm glad he's challenging that, but I wish he had a more coherent libertarian message with which obviously he does he doesn't give a shit about anyone's liberty um he just gives a shit about i don't, I don't know what all right people really give really give a shit about I, I, I don't know but um yeah i i think he's nice he's a he's a breath of fresh air in a in a stale political environment rico milo go um i'll say nice for the same reasons that mcwilliams and Odie did he is almost a necessary evil at this point in time um like you guys both said, there's a lot of things to not like about him, but he is a necessary counterpunch to the insufferable PC culture that's invading some parts of college campuses and the left. Um, it just you got to get over it, people. And he is making them kind of face things that 
that need to be faced. And um, I'm glad he's out there at least causing some controversy and uh, trolling people that need to be trolled. So <laughs> nice. Yep, I agree. I, I mean, I love the spirit of Milo. And I think Odie had a good point there when he said that libertarians and the Libertarian Party and libertarian activists could learn a lot from him. Not necessarily doing exactly what he's doing. I'm not saying they need to go dress up as Native Americans and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, you could be more bold and you can be more out there and you can do a lot more by just straight up challenging things as opposed to being... Oh, how we say Gary Johnson-y about it, <laughs> wishy-washy, wishy-washy about it. And uh, I think that's the one thing I respect a lot about Milo, Milo is that he hits things really hard and he comes right at him. He does, he's not afraid to say what he's thinking. And I think that's something that's finally coming back in this country because Donald Trump just got elected doing what is perceived as the same thing, saying what he's thinking and not being beaten down by, by not fitting into the safe political, you know, the, the three by five card, like Tom Woods would say, you know, people were actually able to break out of that. So while I, and I actually agree with him on more than I thought, I heard like a three hour interview with him on Joe Rogan. And I actually probably agree with like 80% of what he said. I'm sure if we got into libertarian, my new show, we'd find a lot of disagreements, but um, the fact that he's out there doing what he's doing and just challenging this dangerous war on words and war on on being able to have a sane political dialogue you can't even have a sane political dialogue with these safe space people they want to shut down any dissenting views if you disagree with them you are considered unsafe you're considered dangerous to them and that's something that needs to be fought and milo is leading the fight against it so i agree with you guys a nice now, this last nice here, I, we don't need to debate it. It's not really a debate. We already agree it's a nice. This is really an honorary Lions of Liberty nice that we want to give uh, to a guy who, another presidential candidate this past year, a guy who is, came out of nowhere. I, I don't think many libertarians, if any, had ever heard of him before this year. He's a guy whose presidential campaign for the libertarian nomination didn't even really get all that much attention at first. But uh, as the campaign went on, of course, I, I like to give credit to the great interview he had on this program with myself, with Lions of Liberty. Um, but, you know, a lot of people did start to pay attention to him towards the end of that libertarian nomination process to the point that he was even able to get into that final debate and was even able to um, have a chance to deliver a, a very memorable speech in the form of a rap about libertarianism and pretty much hitting on points and, and different people from all aspects of the libertarian culture and movement, a guy who really had a way of inspiring people, and that is uh, Dr. Mark Allen Feldman. So we want to give him a very honorary, very special nice. He did, sadly, pass away earlier this year, not long after the Libertarian Party convention. So um, an honorary nice to Mark Allen Feldman, and I'll let you guys rap about Mark for a minute, and then we'll we'll get out of here. So what, do you, what kind of words you got to say about Dr. Feldman? We'll start with uh, Rico. I know you're a big fan. You, you always brought, brought the Feldman facts. <laughs> Um, well, I, I will miss uh, a fellow Ohioan. Um, I, he did start to grow on me. At first, I was pretty skeptical about his campaign, his credentials, his libertarian bona fides, as some would say. But once I listened to him more, got to to know a little bit more about what he was about, he, he was a good guy, a uh, good libertarian, and I think he would have uh, been – a positive influence on the party going forward, and he will definitely be missed. All right, Odie, thoughts on Dr. Feldman? 
Yeah, I think the the biggest shame of it is that we don't have Mark Allen Feldman going forward. As we as you talked about with that rap he did, um, that libertarian saying I'm that libertarian, naming all the other all of his competitors and other people in, in the liberty movement. I think he did a, a wonderful job of calling out the highlights of each person and really bringing the liberty movement together. And you know, I, I really I really wish that he would have been a voice going forward in the insanity of. Uh, Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, and wish we could have heard from him and, and heard from him going forward. But alas, we will not. And yeah, we will miss Mark Allen Feldman. We sure will. Brian, what are your thoughts on good old MAF? Well, I just hope that Mark Allen Feldman's widow releases tracks on his birthday every year, just like Tupac's widow does. <laughs> Constantly releasing call, new Tupac songs. Call him so, Tupac. Tupac. That was Tupac. the whitest way to say Tupac ever. The old Tupac. Yeah, Who's that rapper? Tupac? Yeah, I know. I, Tupac well, I know Shaker? Love that it, guy. It, it came out how it came out, man. But yeah, Tupac's always got new songs. So hopefully Feldman has some tracks that are that are there that can come out. I mean, that, that's a track that'll live on forever, which is fantastic. Um, but I will say this. I, you know, I, I, I hit on Feldman early on in his campaign, too, because he had a, a, a little bit of an odd way of delivering his message early on. And to his credit, uh, came back and responded, took the criticism and responded and explained. He joined, oh, he joined the Lions Liberty Forum. He <laughs> did join the forum. And, and that's a quality. I mean, I like to see. I mean, Austin Peterson did, too, uh, to his credit. But you know, it's nice kids, Lions Liberty Forum. Check it out. Look it up in, on Facebook. Type Lions Liberty Forum in your search bar. You'll find it. Go on. Well, now that that commercial mid-sentence is done. Uh, yeah, it's good to see that quality in the candidate, though, that somebody's willing to listen and, and can take criticism and wants to have direct feedback and conversations with the people that are going to be uh, that he's going to be supporting and going to be representing. So, yeah, he will be very, very missed. Wonderful guy and uh, hopefully happy somewhere. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really think Mark Allen Feldman was a really honest, sincere guy. That uh, he had, he did have a different way of of delivering the message, but uh, he was uh, he's, he, I think he was able to see a lot of the nuances of libertarian ideas and and really break it down and come at things from a, a very different angle. And I think that's something libertarianism really needs because there's a lot of people out there that see things in different ways, and we need different kinds of people that are able to talk to other different kinds of people in different ways. And I think that's something that Mark Allen Feldman uh, was really able to do. And he's also able to make people laugh. And that's something we need. Libertarians are so goddamn serious. But that's one of the reasons we try to have a lot of fun on this show, too. Because we got to lighten up a little bit. You know, we got to loosen up. We got to, you know, the, the first part of advancing ideas is getting people to, to like you and listen to you. And I think that's a, a quality that he really had. I mean, let alone the fact that he was just a, a kind, selfless person. I mean, he went out of his way at the Libertarian Convention to, to help a guy who was passed out drunk drunk and to, to help another guy who had got hit by, hit by a car in the middle of him trying to gain a nomination of, his, of a political party that he had just joined you know, uh, six months earlier. So I, I think it's uh, it really says a lot about the guy. And uh, one question I want to ask you guys, where do you think Mark Allen Feldman would have been drafted in the Liberty Draft this year if he were, uh, if he were still with us? Solid second round. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think second, third round pick. I think right in there. Simply just because of his late surge and his, uh, I think uh, we all remember his libertarian rap. I think that gained him a lot of a lot of street cred in the yep. community. Absolutely. All right, so Mark Allen Feldman, again, we wish you a a, a very good Liberty Nice uh, wherever wherever it is your spirit lies nowadays. So. Um, thanks guys for joining me. It's been a blast. I do love doing this every year. It's always fun to look back at the year in Liberty and, uh, look forward to the year to come, but we're not going to do that in this episode. We're going to do that a week from today where 
John and Brian, I'm going to welcome you guys back, and uh, we're maybe going to have a few announcements to make, and we're going to you know, kind of lay out the ideas that we're going to have about spreading the ideas of liberty and, and about expanding this program and expanding everything we're doing here at Lions of Liberty, so stay tuned for that. A uh, week from today, also this coming Wednesday... Uh, speaking of the Libertarian Party, speaking of Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, I'm going to have the man who is uh, in charge of overseeing this whole thing, and that is uh, I'm welcoming back the uh, chairman of the Libertarian National Committee, Mr. Nicholas Sawark. So we're going to take a look back at the um, positives and maybe some negatives of the Johnson-Weld campaign with Nick. So that That's be- uh, Make Liberty Great Again uh, Libertarian Consultant Nicholas Sawark. That's right. <laughs> member, of, member of Team Make Liberty Great Again. Of course, guys, if you have not checked out the Liberty Draft by now. What are you waiting for? Everybody is talking about this thing. It's a two-part show. Lions Liberty episodes 269 and 273. Be sure to go check those out in your podcast feed. We had a blast. If you listen to Liberty Draft and this show, you pretty much know everything you'll ever need to know about the last year in Liberty, I would say. What do you guys think? It's very comprehensive coverage we provide. Hard-hitting analysis. That's what we do, and that's what we will continue to do here each and every week, at least three times a week, maybe even more. Who knows? Going forward here at Lions Liberty. Until next time, why don't you join me, guys? The last time we're all going to do this together for the year, I just want everyone out there to do one more thing. And that is, of course, live long and live free. Freedom bells, freedom bells, freedom all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in liberty, open sleigh. Hey! Some may ask Feldman, is he that libertarian? I am that libertarian. I'm that be what you want to be libertarian, that you look good on TV libertarian, that Muslim libertarian, that Jew libertarian, that Christian atheist Hindu libertarian, that Rothbard libertarian, that Jefferson libertarian, you know I'm that messing libertarian, that LGBTQ libertarian, no sex libertarian, that MLK Jr. Malcolm X libertarian. That revolutionary honor hall Ron Paul libertarian. That that Richard Winger Bill Red Pass ballot access libertarian. That Daryl W. Perry no apologies anarchist libertarian. That Gary Johnson New Mexico success libertarian. That Austin Peterson freedom ninja in your face libertarian. That. John McAfee, world-class, badass libertarian. That no pain, no gain, get those petitions signed in the rain, libertarian. That sorry, I'm not sorry, libertarian. That can't stand the uh, infringements and abuses, libertarian. That right here, right now, no excuses, Libertarian. I'm that Libertarian.